Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Now on Our Changing World, defining the Anthropocene. Later this year, an international committee will decide whether the Holocene epoch has given way to a new geological period that is marked by our impact on the planet. The term Anthropocene is already in common use, but this would be an official acknowledgement that our activities are now leaving a geological footprint and have overwhelmed natural processes. Niwa geochemist Helen Bostock says one of the points of discussion is when the Anthropocene began – and she gives Veronica a Southern Hemisphere perspective on the debate. Now the debate is not so much have we entered the Anthropocene, but when did it officially start? Now, Crutzen and Sturmer originally suggested that it was, you know, based around the Industrial Revolution. And I think if you talked to most people, they would all agree or believe that that's when the Anthropocene started. This would obviously be linked to the beginnings of us starting to emit more CO2, carbon dioxide, into the atmosphere. So this is the beginnings of where we see our impact on the climate. Yep. So it would make sense on some level to use that as a starting point. Indeed, it does make sense. And th I mean that was why they proposed it in the first place. The biggest problem is that with this particular industrial revolution or industrial post-industrial era is that it was very spatially variable and doesn't make sense globally you know there are countries that still haven't entered the industrial revolution and still very much sitting back in a developing context also the problem is the co2 emissions started off slowly and it's quite hard to initially pinpoint when it started because compared to the background you see some fluctuations and then there's this subtle trend and it's not a defined peak for making something really formal, how do you define where in the CO2 curve it started? Is there a need, though, to have a defined point? And it's often referred to as the golden spike, you know, somewhere where you can stick this golden spike into and say this is the point where it all began. I think, as a geologist, we like to see a defined point to refer to. Um, it makes it nice and clear. And I think some people have suggested that maybe we don't need a defined point, that we just have a defined date, as opposed to something that we can see physically or test physically or measure physically. And that's one of the debates that this committee will be kind of looking into. So what are the options? The beginning of the Industrial Revolution, 200, 250 years ago, but what are the other options? Well, there's been a long list of options proposed in the literature by various researchers around the world. One of the earliest ones, of course, is the use of fire by humankind to start altering the landscape. And, and this, you know, in some ways makes sense, you know, the control of fire and then having major impact on the landscapes. But again, that's very spatially variable. In some countries, this happened earlier, and in other countries, this happened much, much later. In areas like Africa, this happened very early, 
in areas like New Zealand, this happened very late because humans didn't arrive here till very late. So that very early definition maybe doesn't make sense globally. It would be a very variable timeline that you could consider that. Another one has been that the megafaunal extinctions, and again, this is highly variable with Australian megafauna going extinct around 30, 40,000 years ago, American going extinct around 10, 11,000 years ago, and then New Zealand megafauna only going extinct hundreds of years ago. So it's variable spatially as well. One proposal, and it's highly purported in the northern hemisphere, is the the start of agriculture. So 10,000 years ago. So 10, 11,000 years ago. But that actually coincides very much with the start of the Holocene, and that would mean we'd have to completely change the definition of the Holocene, which a part of the definition of the Holocene is that human influence is evident. The point of the Anthropocene is it's supposed to be human influence has overwhelmed the natural influence rather than it's just evident in the background. And, of course, the start of agriculture only makes sense in the region of the sort of Middle East in Europe and not really elsewhere because agriculture didn't reach elsewhere for a lot longer after that. So one of the distinctions there really between Holocene and Anthropocene would be that now we're looking at a definition where we are changing Absolutely. Earth systems. Mm-hmm. So that's been the big push, I think, from a lot of people is the Anthropocene is where we now dominate the climate signal, that we've overwhelmed the natural signal and that the natural signal is hard to see, makes it much more clear-cut than having a bit of human influence. We have evidence of humans throughout a long period of time, but that domination has only really been in the last couple of hundred years. There is then, of course, the Industrial Revolution, and that, I think, is what a lot of people would like to see, but the frustration is that there's hard to define an exact timing and that industrialization spread in time slowly and hasn't reached all parts of the world. So more recently, people have proposed to get this more golden spike that maybe what's more relevant to the Anthropocene and actually where we see significant change in the climate related to human influence is that 1950s, the post-war change, which was produced by the fact that we started using a lot more fertilizers. We had a huge increase in population. We had a change in the use of plastics. Many more plastics were used. Geochemically, there was a massive change in the climate and in our environment at that 1950s, and it's called the Great Acceleration. Also linked in with population yes, increases. very so much linked in. the signal of us becoming a global force on that level as well. Yeah, so it's a really more holistic view of population, chemistry, changes in climate and changes in local environments. So we have argued that from a perspective of Australia and New Zealand that really didn't see that industrialization back in the late 18th century, we didn't see it till really the 19th, 20th century, that this great acceleration was a much more significant event in Australia and New Zealand and in general globally influenced many more countries. So in New Zealand we saw a massive increase in the amount of land clearance and farming taking over and we see evidence of the new 
industrial use of chemicals. But to find a golden spike, others have suggested that really it's the, the cosmogenic influence that has come from atomic bombs and the use of atomic weapons. So that's one of our impacts that has actually almost gone beyond planet Earth in some way. Absolutely. So those cosmogenic signals have completely overwhelmed the background signals in the natural world. In the natural world, we have radiocarbon in the atmosphere. Now it's very hard to find any evidence of natural radiocarbon background signals because the radiocarbon that was produced by nuclear testing of bombs has completely overwhelmed our atmospheric signal. And so because in that 1950s to 1960s, we had this whole series of nuclear bomb tests, which peaked around 1954-1955. We see very clearly in our records from ice cores, lake cores, even marine cores in areas where we've got high sedimentations, we see very clearly a peak in the particular chemicals that were produced through the isotopes, radioisotopes that were produced by those atomic bombs. And those are isotopes like cesium-137 and radiocarbon-14C, but also much longer-lived isotopes also were produced by those bombs that will be around for many, many years. And so one of the proposals is that this great acceleration combined with the use of atomic testing should potentially be the start of the Anthropocene. And it's reinforced by the fact that climate seems to be significantly changed by these events, the population as well as these changes in the amount of pollution and the amount of chemical change that we made to the environment. And it's much more relevant to globally. Most countries would be able to find this signal. Certainly even in the, the sort of more broader and popular sense, that idea of it becoming overwhelming is more recent than, say, the Industrial Revolution. That sense that we are changing the planet is more recent one or two generations back. Yeah, I think, you know, the idea of the Industrial Revolution is really the start of this, and maybe what we need, and some people have proposed, is that we actually have a sort of multi-phase Anthropocene. We have a transition period, and then that the official Anthropocene maybe starts at this later 1950s date. So it will be very interesting to see what the committee, the International Committee, decides. Interestingly, that there's only a couple of Southern Hemisphere people on the committee, and it's dominated by Northern Hemisphere scientists. So it was partly one of the reasons why we put together this research paper to look at Australia and New Zealand, and we did a survey of scientists in Australia and New Zealand to see which particular timing they would back as a, the main at the start of the Anthropocene. And what was the result of that survey? It was pretty even between the Industrial Revolution and the Great Acceleration in the 1950s, which in a way makes sense that we started seeing the, the climate start changing as a result of anthropogenic influence as a result of that Industrial Revolution. But climate scientists that I have talked to prefer the Great Acceleration because that's when they really could start showing that we had an impact, that humans had an impact on climate change and that we could attribute some of the events and warming to humans 
versus just a natural background. It's much harder to separate. What's your position? Personally, I am definitely a supporter of the 1950s, the, the Great Acceleration. I'm a geochemist, and so it's a nice, easy thing to measure. We can see very clearly in our records that this is the 1950s, 1954 peak in these chemicals. It makes it for a nice clear-cut thing to define your timing in your record, as this is the Anthropocene versus this is the, the Holocene. And that was Helen Bostock at Niwa. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Kakite anō. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.